Hey guys, Pat and Reese here from the Shred Shack. Thank you guys for downloading this episode of the podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to check out the Shred Shack's weekly radio show as well, recorded every Wednesday. This week's show is all about Halloween. So we're dedicating the entire playlist to songs about monsters, murderers, and anything else that can be attributed to the holiday. And if you look at the top ten list we included in this week's podcast, you can get a good look at some of the songs we're going to be broadcasting. King Diamond? Yep. Alice Cooper? You bet. Lulu? Nothing that scary, but scary enough. Thank you, Lord. And be sure to give us a like on Facebook.com slash The Shred Shack to follow what we're up to and give this podcast a positive rating so we can keep putting out the best in nerdy heavy metal banter just for you guys. Thanks again and welcome to The Shred Shack. I mean, are they cool with vampires? Because I got to feast on blood. That's how I roll. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And with us is not Pete. Hold on, I had a clip for this. Grabowski. I'll make my life that much easier. But in, in light of Pete not being here, we're just going to play something for what he would be doing for us right now. So here you go. You are a cunt. You are a cunt. Nobody likes you because you are a cunt. What the fuck? <laughs> that was on there, so... My God. <laughs> but but that's what Pete would be saying right now if he was here with us. Yes, he would. Because yes. nobody likes you. Uh, oh, um, yeah, we welcome you to another installment of the Shred Shack Podcast, your weekly source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. We're at episode 59. Show's getting old. Let's go on to old business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. Nice. I know, right? Old business. According to the Wall Street Journal, Warner Music's case against Avenged Sevenfold is scheduled to go to trial next year. We just mentioned that last week, uh, how uh, Warner was all pissy about them like bailing out of their contract, allegedly. <laughs> this on the heels of them releasing a new album. I'm, I'm sure that um, this week's bit of um, new release news and, and general news probably did not help that. There's probably the immediate response of like, what? Album? <laughs> Bang! Bitch. <Yeah>. Bitch. <laughs> so, uh, but I think that's the only bit of old business. That is the only bit of old business. And obviously we're going to get a little bit more into it in a little bit, um, because Avenged Sevenfold, I think, is in like all parts of the news this, this week. There are a little bit of everything. So today. let's go on straight on to new business. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until... Next quarter. Let's make it so much fucking easier. Yeah, guys. really. Um, with new business, we start off with new releases. And Chris, you got a bunch. I got a bunch. It's a productive week, it seems. Yes, gonna, it was. We're going to start off. All right, I'm going to start off right right off the bat with Serpentine Dominion. Their self-titled record is a debut of the band that features Corpse Grinder from Cowboy Corpse, Adam D from Killswitch, and the ex-drummer from Black Dahlia Murder, Shannon Lucas. I got, I got a clip for this. Brutality. There you go. Yes, <laughs> and that is pretty much exactly what this is. I was like, I'm pretty much thinking that this is like if Corpse Grinder was fronting a faster and far more aggressive Killswitch engage. There's lots of melody, there's lots more melody than uh, Cannibal Corpse, but certainly not for the normal metalcore fans. 
It features some clean vocals from Adam D, which is great contrast to Corpse Grinder, who just growls the shit out of it. Um, it features the signature Kill Switch wall of sound with clean and crisp guitars, thunderous drums, and there's no space left unfilled. This was a surprise, even if it felt a little short at 26 minutes long, uh, and may have secured a top spot in the uh, October Top 3. Closing out the month. Okay. I'm getting myself adjusted to grab my phone and stuff. See, I I, I listened to a clip of this uh, of that, and I, you know, when something doesn't get me right away, I tend to turn it off. And then realizing it after the fact, I was like, "This is the band we've been talking about for a few weeks now." Yeah. But uh, I guess maybe I should take another listen to it. I always say so. I, like I mean, 26 minutes of it. I think um, you know because you've been getting a little bit more into the grindcore thing. Yeah. Um, with Corpse Grinders vocals and with the Kill Switch like music sound I think this is pretty much kind of level out for you okay uh, we got that from skateboard right yes oh no 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 we no? did not that was actually just streaming oh I thought we got it from okay I wish uh, we did alright my first one for the week I'm gonna start off with, I'm gonna start off big and I'm gonna start off with a downer um uh, we're not attacking these guys yeah no no definitely not uh let me let me just start pulling up all the bad clips right now <laughs> Oh, I, got, I, got, I got a couple. I was ready for this one. Uh, Avenged Sevenfold, the stage. We've been mentioning that Trial and Warner Brothers and Capitol Records and all sorts of other business about new albums. Um, we mentioned last time about their worldwide event. Their worldwide event that was held on October 27th basically announced that they were releasing their album on October 28th. Which was a surprise to everybody. Everyone. Yeah, that that was not expected at all. Even like... I'm just surprised that that didn't really leak beforehand, like the, right? the news of it, because like they had the stores had to have the album. Somebody, right? somebody had to have this information. Obviously, so somebody, somebody really kept a tight lip on this one. Yeah, so that was like cool on that because that doesn't happen that often anymore. But let's talk about the album. And they even used Chris Jericho as a red herring because he's the one who put on his podcast that the album was going to come out in December. He put that out there yeah. as a quote-unquote leak. So you know what, Chris Jericho? You just made the list. But anyway, make that on. Put that on the list. That's right. Put that on the list to put things on the list. Um, so, seventh studio album from the Huntington Beach, California band, and I don't even know. Like, I wrote this out as I don't know why I mentioned that they are where they're from because everyone knows who Avenged Sevenfold is. They are arguably one of the top five currently most commercially successful metal bands out there. So, I don't know why I have to give them any sort of premise. Um, again, new album was announced to come out this past Friday. Um, and I have a clip that's going to sum this one up. Oh, this is already boring the shit out of me. Thank you, Tuck Miller. I listened to the album once through, and honestly, with that one listen in place, this is tied with Nightmare as their worst album. Period. Uh, It's boring by the numbers. There's There's no young and hungry energy from Waking the Fallen, and there's no fresh out of the gates energy from City of Evil, like, hey, we got we got a major deal. It's let's you know kick people in the teeth. Now it's just kind of like meh, meh. Let's the same anger this bitch right here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I I mean that's it's kind of true though. Like the 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 same gripes that you had for the stage, kind of being this the song. Eh, yeah, like like wishy washy and eh, boring. Yeah, like that's the entire album. There's I I feel no 
feel no energy coming from this. And also, um, when I listen to the track in my car, I don't know what it is, but their drum sound sucks. Ugh. Like new drummer, first time with this new guy. But even so, like they should at least know how to, you know, track drums. You know, it's true. I feel like the band has kind of gone to shit after the Rev passed away. It, it's been a coincidental thing, I, I, I'd say. But yeah, like they've. Because the first, because Nightmare was a, was the first one without him, mm-hmm. and it just hasn't gotten any better. Yeah, they they, they just feel like they've been kind of phoning it in. Um, and I've been critical of the band in the past due to like you know Hail of the King. It was pretty derivative. You know, they sounded again. You can take every track on that album and say, like, oh, this sounds like this band. This yeah. sounds like exactly not even like, hey, this sounds like this. As in like, yeah, they 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 kind of meld these genres. Like, no, they sound exactly like that. Um. But at least it was still a good album. Um, but this, it, it was no. This 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 isn't very good. Again, one listen so far. Um, I could find more things I like about it eventually. But for right now, it is extremely disappointing. Um, and what's worse is that I went to Best Buy the day it got released to go pick it up. And you think you know, well, day one, it's gonna be on sale, right? No, they were selling it for the full thirteen ninety nine. That's everywhere too. That's at Target. That's at Walmart. That's everywhere. And like you know, I I. I I still buy CDs. We still buy CDs and mm-hmm. everything. And I still remember buying CDs in the days where things were eighteen ninety nine oh, when they yeah. first came out. Oh but yeah. First day, not putting it on sale—that's that's bullshit, man. And not um, even giving like not even giving like a free vinyl with it yeah, or anything like, like that. Like nothing like that, you know. Um, I almost even like while I was there, I went there specifically to see. If I could get the album and how much it would cost, and I was like turned off by it immediately. Um, I almost bought the new Corn album. I haven't bought a new Corn album since like 2002 with Untouchables, but I almost bought that because it was you know on sale for ten bucks. That's a decent price. But I ended up going with the new album from Testament, Brotherhood of the Snake, because it was seven ninety nine, and that is a segue. And it was also seven ninety nine on Amazon because I pre-ordered it. And I got my savings because when I originally pre-ordered it, it was fifteen ninety nine. When they shipped it, it was seven ninety nine. So I saved seven bucks. You know what that means? Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I love this thing. I love, I'm so happy this thing's working. But yes, Testament, Brotherhood of the Snake. I wrote down here in the script, yes, thrash. Yep. And it's incredible. Um, we've been very fortunate that the, the the big eight, let's just say, of, of thrash metal have been releasing albums in the last year and a half. Uh, considering that we got, we had Slayer last year, earlier this year we had Anthrax and Megadeth, we just got a New Testament, New, Mega, uh, new Metallica's in November, Overkill's, Overkill's in January, February. Yeah. The only one we're, that, oh, we had a new Death Angel Death this Angel. year. Uh, the only thing we're missing right now is a new Exodus record. Which they're working on. Um, Go Across the Pond, uh, Creator's making a new album. Yep, there that's coming out. Yes. So we've so. had we've had a really good year and a half, 18 months of thrash. Uh-huh. And this one is actually right up there. We, we already put Megadeth as number one in January. I think that was Dan's pick. Was that January or February? Uh, Megadeth was my number two. Two. Well, either way, it's top three earlier this year. We all picked Anthrax as number one. This one is absolutely going to be in the top of the top three this month for somebody, yeah, one the, of us. The, the, the October video pivots on this album. Yeah, pretty much. It really does. <laughs> so someone's going to pick it. If, if no one else, then me. Because 
because this is the first uh, Testament album I ever purchased. Oh, uh, really? I have three live albums that I got from the one of the one of the uh, Pat Gessner boxes of fun <laughs> with your host Randy California, and um, <laughs> and like there's you know three live albums from early '90s into about 2006, I think. But I've never owned beyond the cassette of Souls of Black. I haven't owned any Testament albums. Because I couldn't get that five CD box set. Oh yeah, well I got that because it got canceled. Well, that was the um, shit. So this is the first time I've actually bought a studio album from Testament, and I don't know enough of their oldest stuff, but I would assume that it's no matter where you start, it's always a good place to start. You know, the fact of the matter is that their the last I would say the last three records, which is this one, uh, Brotherhood of the Snake, um, Dark Roots of the Dark Earth. Roots of the Earth, and Formation of Damnation. Uh-huh. If they keep on sounding like this for the rest of their career, it is phenomenal. Because, again, it's modern-day thrash with modern-day technology recording it. It sounds fucking incredible. Chuck Billy's voice has never sounded better. Mm-hmm. The guitars are incredible. I love the duo of um, Alex Golnick and Eric Peterson. They have Gene Hoglin as the fucking human atomic uh, clock drumming for him, And they got Pete DiGiorio. Uh, uh, not Pete. Um, Steve, I think his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back on base for them so it is a full fucking onslaught of thrash right there it's incredible yeah I think um, beyond new releases and one album extra I listened to this week I just like it was a small group of things I listened to and I think I listened to this album about three times it's actually kind of short in that way. Yeah, uh, and it, it, it just plows through it, too. Yeah. It's like, at least on um, Dark Roots of the Earth, there was like a ballady type song. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't slow it down at all. It's from beginning to end, yep. full in your face, pummeling you to death. Yep. And it's so fucking worth it. It's yeah, incredible it's, stuff. It's, it's definitely been one. So, um, hold on, let me, let me see if I have a clip for this one. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, nope, I don't. I broke it. Yeah, Never broke mind. It. <laughs> uh, let's go on to the next one, which is... Theocracy, Ghost Ship. We've mentioned this band, haven't we? I'm like, sure we have at some point. Um, I don't know when or to what end, but... Maybe this album already came out and they just released it in the U.S. or something like that, and I'm just... I just, I just the name sounds very familiar for some reason. Well, fourth studio album from Progressive Power Metal Outfit from Athens, Georgia. Now, that's kind of copied and pasted, and I'll explain why I mentioned that's copied and pasted in a little bit. Um, but apparently they're Christian metal, huh. which I did not really recognize right away. I, I, I had to look on Wikipedia for that. Um... But when you start listening to some of the lyrics, like "Just Believe" and "Leave the Rest to Me," you start to say, "Okay, I can I can see this." Um, according again, according to Wikipedia, they're listed as progressive power metal. This is power metal. There, there is. I don't know where they're getting the progressive idea from. If you're talking about the the abundance of keyboards, power metal has that too. Um, this is power metal. This is old school Ed Guy. This is Halloween type stuff. Nice. Um, it's. Lots of speed, melody, huge choruses, a lot of the, the, that, that kind of standard power metal high pitch one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but just huge choruses. I fucking love it. It lays the cheese on thick, but I wouldn't have it any other way because it is power metal. Euro-inspired power metal. Um, I can only listen to half the album that was available because that's what was on Bandcamp, but I would love to look more into this band. And I think 
not only will you find like the rest of their material, but you'll find some other really awesome bands on their record labels, um, Bandcamp, which is Ulterium Records. Um, they they got a lot of the good um, power metal, neo progressive stuff. Um, you know, kind of like the Symphony X-ish stuff. Yeah. Um, but a lot of stuff coming out of that camp. That sounds awesome. But Theocracy's Ghost Ship, from the half of it I heard, is fucking awesome. Awesome. All right, well, next one up I got is the second CD of my uh, Amazon order from this week was Crowbar, The Serpent Only Lies. Listen, if you listen to sludge metal at all, this is the band to listen to, in all honesty. Kirk Winstein, uh, ever since he he left down and went back to doing Crowbar, he's been doing nothing but awesome fucking heavy-ass shit. And there's even some more, I would dare say, up-tempo stuff. It just means it's not like, you know, maybe it's like 100 beats per minute instead of like, you know, 50. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just... I love this band so much, and I, I've only gotten to him later on in, in my musical like listening, and it's only because of Kirk Winstein and knowing him from Down. But everything that's good about Down is better in Crowbar. So, okay. Next one up is Helmet Dead to the World. I got a clip for this. Hang on. Hang on. It's the same one I played before. Oh, this is already boring the shit out of me. Kill I'd have to agree. Yeah. Um. I. I. have never been a Helmet fan. Um, I didn't really. I don't know really much about them. I so. know one song of theirs that's on the radio. And it's one of those. It's one of those songs that you know you like, but you, you never quite put two and two together as who it is. Right. And Helmet's Helmet's one of them. Um. Listen to the album. It. Nothing. Nothing stands out. Nothing's really great about it. Um. Even. Even if I were in like a '90s nostalgia thing, I still don't find the allure of this one. Just nothing about it. So, don't be coming back now. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it makes nice. it so much fucking easier. I have to edit this shit later. All I have to do is put in the song clips. I'm done. Ah. Uh. Right, next one up, I got Ulcerate Shrines of Paralysis. <laughs> This is this is extreme metal right up there with like bands like Behemoth. Uh, so I I mentioned to uh, Pete uh, in our one of our chats that he should definitely try to find the stream of this one because it is right up his alley. You know, definitely a little bit of black metal involved in there, a little bit of like I said, extreme metal a la Behemoth, very fast, in your face, and it's just really fucking good. I mean, I listened to it once. I wish I listened to it more. Uh, I really want to go back and check it out again. And it's actually, I'm just going to go right into my, the band right after this, because it's pretty much in the same vein as uh, Anal uh, Nathrak. Uh, the album's called The Whole of the Law, and again, it's another extreme metal band. 
And this one has a little bit more dynamics because of um, the way the singing is done. There's a lot of different... There's like high pitch, there's like a little bit of growling, there's a little bit of melody in there thrown in. Overall, this chaotic, absolutely nutsy music. And towards the end of the album, as a bonus track, they do a cover of Iron Maiden's Power Slave. Yes. Which is actually really good. Okay. Really good. I'll be the judge of that. Thank well, you. The, I'll be the judge look, of that. Thank you. To um, tell you the truth, Dan, you might actually enjoy it because they do like the, the verses is done like with like the harsh vocals and the, the chorus is done more clean. I liked Six Feet Under's version of Wrathchild. I think I can handle any cover of Iron Maiden. I think you, yeah. Pretty um, much. By the way, I'm very upset because as soon as you said the name, uh, the title of the album, I was like, why do I not have any Judge Dredd clips right now? <laughs> I am the law! My next album is from a band called Tower, self-titled album. blend the best of 70s and 80s hard rock and heavy metal. There are so many moments I'm sitting there listening to it and I'm like, this sounds like like Neon Knights, like that kind of era Sabbath. Um, this one sounds a bit like Meatloaf could be singing it, you know? This one sounds like a bit of Wasp, like even like new Wasp, that stuff, like my surprise uh, top two from last it's September. So there's a lot of the good of that, um, that older rock influence, but it's kind of like they just... They go from track to track, like, okay, what do you want to do now? What do you want to do now? What do you want to do now? Like, let's throw down some fucking dueling, dual harmony guitars and stuff. Sound like old school Iron Maiden, like, like, pretty much between self-titled and Power Slave Iron Maiden. There's that, that drive, that energy, that ferocity, and it's fronted by a, uh, a lady. Oh, a lady. Oh. And what I'm liking with a lot of the stuff that we've been finding uh, in the last few months from doing this and hearing new releases is that there, I, I'm, I'm always worried that there's too much of like. The operatic stuff. I'm finding as we go through these last few months that there's a lot more just women getting up there and doing great rock vocals. You know, like taking taking the the voices of you know the '70s, the Janis Joplin's, different Air, Jefferson Airplanes, and putting just further oomph into them for the sake of the fact that the music is heavier. Yeah. And this lady, uh, unfortunately, I don't recall her name, but she's fucking. Awesome. Well, now I have to go listen to it because I downloaded it but didn't listen to it. And what I was saying before about the picture on Instagram, I was like, man, you know what? These guys would probably sound fucking sick live because they have a sound that is pretty much straight out of, you know, small, um, smaller concert venues from the 80s. Like people, you know, digging through the dirt to try to get their name out there and everything. This is what that sound like. Nice. So I, I was enjoying it. I listened to it um, actually before the podcast today like from going to and from dinner tonight listen to it and it's it's fucking good I'm gonna skip over to a hard rock band a band's called The Answer the band the album's called Solace These guys are an Irish hard rock band, and they made me think of a modern day Thin Lizzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much like the guitar harmony part, but just like there's a lot of Irish influence in this album. And I read one review uh, that said that they, that was actually their intention. They wanted to bring out their Irish in this one. And there's a lot of like different. There's no. There's not like bagpipes or anything like that, but there's definitely instrumentation that sounds like it should be played in a pub in Dublin. 
Um, if you if you're listening to it and you start to like you know smell whiskey, you know. <laughs> there's definitely some whiskey soaks uh, vocals in there. Uh, and the fact of the matter is that I wouldn't be surprised that this would be like this band would be like a radio rock um, hit because uh-huh. there's a lot of songs in here that are very radio friendly. Uh, they have a lot of catchiness to them, and there's a little bit of heaviness. Is this? It's, it's not a metal band. All right, these guys yeah. are a hard rock band, yeah. flat out. And I actually really enjoyed it. I was bobbing my head a lot more than I expected to. I thoroughly enjoyed the the sound a lot more than I expected to. The the catchiness, not you know, it's not like up there with like a power metal catchiness. It's just like a radio rock album, and it's actually pretty goddamn good. I to get to get ready for the new release this week, I did what I always do, and that's find a track or two and listen to it. Um, with this band. Um, I don't think I even noticed that we had a copy of it from Skateboard. We did. Um, I listened to two tracks. One of them sounded really good, and the other one I was a little bit iffy towards. So I was like, okay, I need a full listen for this one. Um, so I can't say much yet, but the one track that I did like was really good, catchy, awesome. So I think, I think that alone disregarding the one I was iffy about, I think that warrants me another listen. Yeah, you probably need to listen to it in context. Yeah, because like, I was going to, uh, but I kept going back to the same stuff this week. I went to like, there were like three or four albums, including the releases that I went to and listened to like two, three times. Yeah. So this, this was this was a great week. Alright, All right, so I'm going to do two back-to-back here. Um, first one is up is Painted in Exile, The Ordeal. Modern day Genty Prog from Long Island, hometown here, um, and this is a band for fans of Periphery and the Human Abstract. I mean, it's you got your Genty, uh, riffy guitar lines, uh, clean vocals, harsh vocals mixed up in there, and everything I like about modern day prog metal is there. Except for the fact that they 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 seem to have started coming out right after you uh, left. <laughs> yeah, well, you know about that. Actually, technically, you've been gone for a while. So. Yeah, I've been gone for five years. Yeah. Oh, well, you went to Jersey, too. Boo. Uh, well, <laughs> boo at least Jersey, I was in boo. the area. Yeah, boo, Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in the same vein, a band called Car Bomb, their, uh, their new album, Meta. Is again another modern day genty prog band, and I pretty much listened to those guys back to back, and it was it filled my quota for the month, yeah. <laughs> or for the week anyway. Can you can you lift to it? Of course I can. <laughs> you have any more new ones, or am I going to no, close it out? You're going to close it out. Speaking of lifting uh, to this one, this is the first one I listened to this week. Is a band called Beyond Threshold. I was called Lift to Fight. I think these guys were from uh, the city, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I think like Brooklyn, maybe. I could be wrong. Uh, but I really like this one. It's a good blend of a lot of modern metal sounds. There's a little bit of Kill Switch in there, a little bit of Dillinger, uh, a little bit of latter day Dimebag work. We're thinking like bands like Rebel Meets Rebel and Damage Plan. Um, I, this was actually a surprise because I didn't th- expect to, to like it. I don't know why going into it, I just did not expect to like it. And I did. 
and I highly recommend people just checking it out. You just just kind of looked at the looked at the cover of the book and said, "Nah." I, I think I looked at the picture of the band on the on the Facebook page. I was like, I don't know. There's something about them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not gonna tag the band now. Yo, these guys are fucking ugly as shit. <laughs> We are not implying that you guys are ugly. We apologize. <laughs> uh, there's just something. There's something just going into it. I did not expect to like it, but I I thoroughly did. So okay. oh, that's good. I, I I take I foot in mouth. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a Dan moment here. This one's for you. Wow, that guy's a douche. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, can, I am. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. Uh, so that's it for new releases. As if there wasn't already enough. Right. We had um, a lot this week. So let's talk about what else you've been listening to this week. All right. Well. Continuing on with my Opeth kick, I've been listening to Sorceress still. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> and Deliverance. No, that was that was unintentional. Yeah, <laughs> that was an alarm. Uh, because of Opeth, I went and listened to Bloodbath as well. This is the album that Mikel fronted uh, for Bloodbath. I forgot the name of it, so I, I, t- I totally forgot to write it in. Um, but then I went back and listened to Anthrax for All Kings. What a great record that was. Mm-hmm. And because um, Avenged Sevenfold's The Stage was such a disappointment, I went back and listened to Waking the Fallen, because <laughs> I love that record. Did you listen to The Stage? I listened... No, I didn't. Okay. No. Yeah, you, 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 you just heard it from me. And you I heard me. it from you, and I take your I take your opinion to, to, to heart, so I was like, you know, I'm listening to something good. Yeah, considering my, my last review. My, 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 my review on Hail to the King is probably the only thing I've ever gotten a comment on. <laughs> And it was like, what do you mean that Avengers Sevenfold is an original? I need a, I need a, I need a, a sound clip for a butthurt person. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find one, I swear. Well, continuing on, uh, went back and listened to Megadeth, Dystopia. That was actually this morning. Uh, Nightwish, Endless Forms, Most Beautiful. The newest Dark Throne record, Arctic Thunder, which came out, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, I finally got a chance to listen to that. That was really fucking good. Yeah, I'm surprised that um, that... that... A certain uh, Boulder did not uh, mention any of that. Uh, where is he? Yeah, I'm still surprised he didn't mention this. Right. Uh, listen to the newest Lamb of God. Actually, that's in the car right now. And last night, I got a head start on the new releases for the next two weeks from Skateboard Marketing. Don't be talking about that shit. Not yet. I know, dude. And I have to tell you that the two I listened to last night, wow. Oh, I saw you post up one about one, about one yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, Holy fuck. So aside from all the new releases that I spoke about and listened to those, some of those repeatedly, only one other album I listened to this week, and that was Destridge, A Means to No End, which came out last week. And here's a clip. I want to put my dick in it. I want it to put its dick in me. <laughs> Love that one. God damn it, this is awesome. I'm making, I'm making the statement right now, and I will fight anyone tooth and nail. That is going to end up in my top three. I'm not sure where yet in my top three, but it's going to end up in there. Anyway, tries to take it, I will. Cut you so hard, and Damn. yeah, yeah, like don't. Cold blooded. I'm cold blooded right now. Don't don't be don't be tripping don't, on my don't shit. Be, don't yeah. be fucking with him. I don't, I don't have another clip for that. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been listening to this week. Um, so let's go on to some general news. All right, general news. Steve Vai has confirmed that there is there are still tentative plans for David Lee Roth and the band for uh, his debut solo album Eat 'Em and Smile to reunite following the cancellation of their November 2015 reunion attempt at the Lucky Strike Live in Hollywood. I remember that. Yeah, we reported on that a while back. Well, yeah. back in November. Yeah, I remember that. All right. Here's one for Pete, who's not here. Oh, wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yes. 
All right, the second volume of Five Finger Death Punch 2, uh, The Wrong Side of Heaven and The Righteous Side of Hell releases, has officially certified gold on October 21st by the Recording Industry Association of America for sales in excess of 500,000 copies. Hold on, I'm not done yet. They have already been the recipient of two other sales awards this year. Back in February, the band's 2009 album War is the Answer was certified platinum, while the group's latest effort, 2015's Gotcho 6, went gold this past August. The first volume of The Wrong Side of Heaven and The Righteous Side of Hell was certified gold back in March of 2015. These guys are just racking it up. Yeah, I'm kind of sad that Pete's not here for this one. Right? That's, that's, that's really depressing. Because that, the only thing you hear over me talking would be like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Nobody likes you. <laughs> Nobody likes you. Uh, okay. Um... We should probably just text Pete now and be like, "Yo, dude, listen. On top of on top of the super hard workout you're gonna get later, you're gonna listen to Five Finger Death Punch." <laughs> He's gonna bob his head though, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he will. He totally will. All right, next up, Metallica will unleash Atlas Rise. What the fuck is this? Good copy and paste, motherfucker. <laughs> to fans, this coming Halloween at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, to help fans get into the Halloween spirit, starting this Friday, October 28th, this past Friday. Metallica fans around the world can visit select independent record stores for the chance to obtain a free limited edition hardwired to self-destruct Halloween mask. Inside of each mask, fans will find a special access code that will allow them to hear Atlas Rise. 30 minutes prior to oh, 30 minutes prior to its official release on Halloween. To see a complete list of participating stores, you can visit www.metallica.com. On that note, there's also a clip of Atlas Rise on their website right now. And Dan I did not that, that, that foot's getting bigger, man. That foot is getting bigger. There's going to be a lot of feet and mouth. Yes, sir. That, that's just kind of gross at this point. Yeah, well, too bad, because you're going to be sucking on them toes. But it just... Metallica is set to unleash. Prepare <laughs> <laughs> for your ears to be penetrated. <laughs> Let me feel your power. Metallica and Saxon on sale now. <laughs> that would be a fantastic show. Damn it. Oh Yeah, well, actually, well, did you see the thing today um, on... On Seance's page? No. UFO Saxon and Seance? Well, fuck. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's happening. That is a thing. Yep. I see that. Didn't we say that, though? That it was going to be UFO Saxon and like two or three local bands? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it. And I'm perfectly fine with one of the ones they picked so far. Right? You haven't even seen Seance yet, have you? No, I haven't. Oh, dude. I to get on that shit. That is the perfect bill for them. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it is. All right, anyway. According to Billboard.com, or Billboard, the, the, the magazine, whatever, uh, Joe Perry received the prestigious Les Paul Award during the 32nd Annual NAM Technical Excellence and Creativity Awards to be held on January 21st, 2017 in Anaheim, California. The NAM Tech Awards honors individuals and companies across 30 categories for outstanding achievement in professional audio technology and production. The Les Paul Award honors individuals or institutions that have set the higher standards of excellence in the creative application of audio and music technology. Instituted in 1991, the honor has been granted to such legends as Pete Townsend, Paul McCartney, Brian Wilson, Stevie Wonder, Neil Young, Todd Rundgren, and um, Peter Gabriel and Slash. Nice. Yeah, so Joe Perry's up there in the upper echelons of audio recording excellence. Um, You mentioned Peter Gabriel, so therefore it's a win right there. Yeah, true. And Brian Wilson, because he's a studio wizard. Well, yeah, he's probably still trying to figure out if he likes the track listing to smile. Well, <laughs> maybe. Not really. Next up, 
Shep Gordon, who is a famous talent agent, uh, talent manager, agent, and producer, will discuss his fabled career and new memoir, They Call Me Supermensch, with Alice Cooper, a close friend and one of Gordon's first clients, in a sold-out Halloween event at the Bootleg Theater, which will be live-streamed on Facebook by event producer Live Talks Los Angeles. That just sounds cool. Right? The guy's got a great name, too. It sounds, sounds like a guy. Like I just like the name of his, of his book, They Call Me Supermensch. I think his name sounds like a spy name. <laughs> Shep Gordon. Shep Gordon. Right up there with Archer. <laughs> Sterling Archer, James Bond, and Shep Gordon. Wow. Greatest movie ever. I know, right? <laughs> I'd buy it. <laughs> Goddamn. All right. Last bit of general news here. The Women's International Music Network has announced uh, the 2017 She Rocks Award honorees. Paying tribute to women in the music industry, the fifth annual She Rocks Awards at the NAMM show will take place on Friday, January 20th, 2017 at 7 p.m. at the Anaheim Hilton Hotel in Anaheim, California. Among this year's honorees is Lita Ford and Shirley Manson of Garbage. Wow. Wow. I mean, hey, it's an awards thing. I mean, you almost see me playing that clip for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well... That all depends. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. Let's talk about recorded news. All right. To commemorate the 30th anniversary of Poison's debut album, Look What the Cat Dragged In, Universal Music Enterprises, UME, has created an exclusive picture disc LP featuring the classic album cover printed on white vinyl. Limited to 1,000 copies worldwide and packaged in a heavyweight clear plastic sleeve, the record is exclusively available through You Discover U.S. Something has to die, and it's going to be you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't think anybody wants a fucking reissue on vinyl of Poison. I don't even think Poison wants a reissue of Poison (laughs) on vinyl. (laughs) Man, we are very unkind to Poison. (laughs) I don't like Poison. They're okay. I just don't like Brett Michaels. Anyway. Anyway, Adrenaline Mob is preparing to enter the studio to begin recording its new album for an early 2017 release via Century Media Records. Yes. Following 2015's Dearly Departed, the forthcoming effort is being recorded by Mike, uh, guitarist Mike Orlando at his Sonic Stomp studio. Um, do we know who's playing drums for them? Right now, the only pictures that I see in the studio are of him and Russell. They're writing. Well, I know that Well, most of the music is written, like almost all the music is written by... Um, Michael Lando, and, right. and then they kind of just bounce off ideas with Russell Allen. But um, I mean, you know, they can always go back to their old idea. I can play that. <laughs> Get Mike Portnoy in there. <laughs> the Port of Noy. <laughs> He's not doing anything, right? No, he is actually. That's the joke. Oh, <laughs> oh well, that, I, I didn't want to put that in because actually there is a, there was a bit of news that um, his band, the Winery Dogs, had taken 2017 off, so that each member of the band could do something else. <laughs> Me- meaning Billy Sheehan's going to go play with Mr. Big for a little while. Okay. Richie Cotson's going to do amazing guitar work somewhere else. And Mark Portnoy's got like a Neil Morse band uh, album to do, a couple of Flying Colors things to do, and he's doing uh, festival tours um, under his moniker of um, the Shattered Fortress or something like that, performing the 12-step suite from Dream Theater. Yeah. The Port of Noy is never stopped. <laughs> Drum solo of life. <laughs> yeah, we need that clip. <laughs> yeah, we do. All right. Yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm writing it down. So here's one for Dan because actually I listened to the, the one song that they had playing. And it was great. Uh, Rockabye Baby, which transforms timeless rock songs into beautiful instrumental lullabies, were released 
lullaby renditions of Iron Maiden on November 4th. Hell yeah, you are. Here's the album description. Mm -hmm. Haven't slept in days, Mom and Dad? Don't run for the hills. If you only got two minutes to bedtime, spin these calming versions of Iron Maiden's most crucial hits. No longer shall you feel the, fear the dark. Uh -huh. <laughs> there's a joke there. I'm working on it. So there's a joke there. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're killing me. All right. Well, anyway, Lullaby Renditions of Iron Maiden, the track listing is Two Minutes to Midnight, The Number of the Beast, Can I Play with Madness, Run to the Hills, which they had playing as a sample, which was really fucking good, The Trooper, Ace is High, Heaven Can Wait, Flight of Icarus, Running Free, Fear of the Dark, Hollow Be Thy Name, and Wasted Years. Yep. I'm interested in this. Yep. I had, when we first had William, mm. I had a lot of these records. The Metallica yeah, one, Floyd, the Pink Metallica. Floyd, Tool, Pearl Jam. I got all, I got a shit ton of them. They are so good. Oh, yeah. They're awesome. I can't expect them not to be. Yeah. Do they, they do Do they do vocals for them too? No, it's all instrumental. Okay. And it's like they throw in like a little, like kids out, like frogs and like little scrapes, like on the, the, that percussion instrument where you do like the scraping thing. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's just adorable stuff. Okay. It really is. I wouldn't think of Iron Maiden and Adorable at the same time. Yeah, I know, right? But it, it totally works. Next up, Six Feet Under have finished their new album with Zeus, who's the producer who's worked with Hatebreed and All That Remains. Um, who? Oh, he's actually just finished the mixing. Um, no release date at the moment, though. Cool. I mean, not much more I can say about that. All right, and here we are. We're talking about this one. Surprise, motherfuckers! After being rumored for a December release date, Avenged Sevenfold released his new album, The Stage, this past Friday, October 28th, via Capitol Records. Spoilers, it sucks. <laughs> we were talking about that. <laughs> Sepultura will release their new studio album, Machine Messiah, on January 13th via Nuclear Blast. That's exciting. Yes, it is. So, now that we're done with recording news, let's go on to our crowdfunding tracker, which is, uh, I enjoy doing this bit. It's getting a little busy. Uh, well, you can start it off. I, um, yeah, I got a new one. So, um, Guar have launched a $39,900 Kickstarter for a new comic book titled Guar Orgasmagon. Orgasmagon. Or, yeah, Orgasmagon, sorry. Uh, the planned four-issue series, five if they reach a stretch goal, will be put together by writer Matt Miner, who's done work on uh, Toe Tag Ride and Critical Hit, artist Jonathan Brandon Sawyer, who's worked on Welcome Back and Critical Hit, Colorist Marissa Luis, who's worked on Robocop, Escape from New York. Letterer Taylor Esposito, who's worked with um, The Paybacks, Red Hood, and The Outlaws. And editor Brennan Wright, who's done Archie vs. Predator, Grindhouse, Doors Open at Midnight. Um, as it stands right now, with 26 days left to go, the band has reached a $28,446 out of $39,000. I'm, I'm writing down another clip that I need, which is the... Um... The Simpsons clip with the uh, the Archie gang, where they throw Homer out of the car. Stay out of Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm thinking Archie versus Predator's got to have something like that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, so if you if you're interested in, in a Guar four or five uh, comic series, go to Kickstarter. Uh, dot com. Look for uh, Guar or Orgasmageddon, uh, the Scum Dogs Conquer Comics. I'm surprised that, I mean, I feel like they've already had a comic. They've been around for, like, what, th almost 30 years now? They had to have had a comic in the past, so maybe this is not new territory for them. But if it is, man, I don't know what they've been waiting for. Yeah. But, uh, no, this this sounds pretty cool. All right, so we're going to continue on. Yes. 
All right, update from Jason Becker's new album uh, on Indiegogo. He has reached $78,304, which is 104% of his goal. Sweet. Yes, sir. And there's still 13 days left. Oh, damn. Yes, sir. So we should be expecting a new Jason Becker album when he gets a chance to get all these guys to record it for him. Sweet deal. Which is awesome. So cool. And last bit of uh, update from me. Uh, last week I mentioned that Silent Civilian put on their Facebook page the idea of uh, doing a crowdfunding thing. Uh, update from their Facebook is that, well, we really appreciate the feedback, guys, and we have been talking the last couple of days. We will be making an announcement next week, so stay tuned. So you can probably expect me to be reporting on this again next week. Right on. Um, so I'm just going to cover the finale of the uh, Sound of Thunder vinyl pressing for their new, or their upcoming... Um, covers album who do you think we are um i had mentioned previously that they well surpassed their uh, original goal for the cd pressing of the album um and pretty close to getting the animated video done then they did uh for the vinyl pressing because a lot of folks had asked for it we had reported on it about <clears throat> i think we recorded when there was 18 hours left in the kickstarter and they were down by 900 they actually surpassed the goal in that time nice they got up to 3674 of a one, uh, three thousand five hundred dollar goal, so they just made it. So anybody who wanted uh, vinyl records of it, and if you pledged to it, you got it coming to you. So nice. So hooray for that to them for that. Uh, it seems like all the stuff they've done on Kickstarter have have all been successful, which is great. Um, side story: um, I went to the Alamo City Comic Con yesterday, and I'm going around looking at everything, just trying to figure out what I want, looking at artwork and stuff, and I happen across the. Um, the table for Valium, Valium Comics. Not realizing that Valium Comics is the company that releases Shadow Man. Shadow Man is the comic that the last Sound of Thunder album was about. So I bought the first volume of that. Um, so I'm going to start reading that pretty soon um, and then probably end up picking up the rest of it. So nice. So, so obviously, you know, thanks to Sound of Thunder for introducing me to the comic and for Valium, Records for, uh, Valium Comics for being there. And, and, and selling me their, their thing for $10. So, all right, let's go on to, uh, what is it, concert news? Concert news. Concert and we, news. No festival news this week, but we should probably be expecting to see some lineups for 2017 coming out pretty soon. Right on. Uh, but touring news, unfortunately, hashtag no San Antonio date, entombed AD, will embark on a North American tour in January. Support on the trek will come from Full of Hell and Turbid North, which I believe is one of the bands that Pete covered. It does sound familiar, yes. That was a while ago, too. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, so that sounds like a Pete show, but no San Antonio date, so... Unfortunately, okay. no. Um, unfortunately, also, Queen guitarist Brian May has been forced to cancel all of his December concerts with Kerry Ellis because he is, quote, battling with a persistent illness. I hate that vagueness, you know? I know, right? It's just like, suddenly they're going to come out with some sort of big news and be all like, Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> you know? I don't want that. I don't need this. Yeah, we don't, we don't need Last, like Brian May getting cancer or yeah, anything well, like that. We, we, we don't need what, we, what happened the previous time that someone from Queen announced something, because 24 hours later, they died. Ugh. Ugh. You don't need that shit. No. Okay? I need, I need the Queen to come around for one last run. Alright, unfortunately, another hashtag no San Antonio date, which is something I would want to see here. It's Crowbar, Goat Hort, and uh, Lilac, or Lilac. I thought I was sick with Lilac. Um, we'll be touring the U.S. together in December. Cool. Alright, here's one that's really interesting. Alright, this is probably something that Pete's going to be in, in, very interested in. 
Mayhem will bring their De Mysterious Dom Sanatis tour to North America in January. The tour will feature full live performance of the band's 1994 debut album of that name. Uh, support on the track will come from Inquisition and Black Anvil. There is a San Antonio date, February 10th, at Alamo City Music Hall. My only concern, because it's at Alamo City Music Hall, is that, like, it's going to sound like shit. Like, it's, it's, it's early, like early lo-fi black metal coming to a venue that sounds like shit. But it's early lo-fi black metal when it was recorded in 1994. But you try to bring it live now to a place that sounds like shit. <laughs> Dan has a real fucking heart on for that place. That, been, it bothers me. <laughs> Last but not least here in touring news, Slipknot percussionist uh, Sean Clown Crane uh, has been forced to Mystic Band's current Australian tour with Lamb of God and In Heart's Wake. A, quote, family emergency was noted at first, but was later clarified by Clown as mourning for the passing of his father-in-law. Sucks. Yeah. Uh, not cool at all. Let's go all right. to some one-off shows. Let's go to some one-off shows. First one up is an interesting one. Uh, Music Drives Us has announced that Dave Mustaine will play on Friday, December 16th at the Hard Rock Cafe in Boston. This is a once-in-a-lifetime acoustic show where Dave will not only perform the band's hits, but also holiday classics. <laughs> a limited edition of tickets are available. Music Drives Us is also offering exclusive VIP tickets that include an eat-and-greet with Dave prior to the show. All the proceeds from the special event will support Music Drives Us and their mission to, of keeping music in New England schools. <laughs> No, it, Are you thinking about Dave Mustaine singing Jingle Bells? No, I'm thinking about Dave Mustaine singing fucking Dreidel. He still did corner Jewish. Everything, every, Not too shabby. Everything else around it is obviously great. You know, any, any sort of like cause and whatnot is, is great. But just, just imagining Dave Mustaine on there. Off the red, no green deer. <laughs> dreidel. <laughs> Hello, Dreidel. <laughs> Meet the real Dreidel. <laughs> <laughs> and my menorah full of lights <laughs> alright let's move on before this gets worse we can't no I'm sorry I'm gonna write this down make this a thing <laughs> <laughs> alright last one for one offs the first time ever Gwal will invade the Howard Stern compound to perform on the Howard Stern wrap up show this coming Monday October 31st being Halloween the band is set to play two songs, including a Guar favorite and a special surprise that Stern fans will immediately recognize. I have no idea what that could possibly be. Yeah, seriously. I'm not a Stern fan. Well, I never listened to the show. so. Yeah, I have no idea. Anyway, that's it for news in general. Let's talk about some charting news. All right, here we go. First one up here. According to Billboard, Avenged Sevenfold has cracked the top ten of Billboard's hot... Hot Rock Songs chart for the first time in nearly five years with a title track of its new album, The Stage. The song sold uh, 1.9 million. Uh, the song had 1.9 million U.S. streams and sold 15,000 downloads in the week ending October 20th, moving from position number 22 to number 10 on the chart dated November 5th, which hasn't even happened yet. I don't get how that works. Anyway, the track is also the band's fourth number one on Hard Rock Digital song sales. And is the greatest gainer going from 30 to 15 on mainstream rock songs, leaping by 130% in plays. It surges from 49 to 40 on rock airplay with 1.5 million audience impressions 
in the week ending October 23rd. In other words, millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions and millions and millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is just talking about the song itself. This isn't the album. No, yet. it's just the song because obviously the album just came out Friday. Now, before we go into this, how do you think this sudden, like, like that? Hey, guess what? Our stuff's coming out in twelve hours. Thing. How do you think it's going to affect sales for the first week? I don't even know. Yeah, because like I, I know that I went to th- uh, two different stores today or in the last two days, Target and Walmart, and they had them stacked. And they're again, like you said, they were thirteen ninety nine. Uh-huh. I I. I was like, nah. I would love to have bought it if, just to keep the collection going, even though I know it's gonna like not be that good. I just like you know the collection part of it. Mm. I'm just gonna wait for it to go into the bargain bin. <laughs> I'm just I'm wondering how like that's gonna affect them as far as okay, not everyone saw the. Well, I think I think what also was announced at the show is that they they had pop up stores. They a lot of the bands are doing this these pop-up stores now and they have one in New York City and one in Los Angeles I don't know that and when a, I think a pop-up store is like they rent out a space that's empty and they do a quick store like pretty much like these Halloween stores that you see oh, around here they oh. do something like that where it lasts for like maybe 24 48 hours and they sell a bunch of merchandise and shit and that's probably like in New York City Los Angeles and a couple other places where they probably expect to sell physical copies of the CD uh-huh. so I, I, I just think that I'm sure that they, they kind of rushed it like that for the sake of Maybe getting away from the release of the of the best of, which I'm pretty sure earlier in the week when I earlier in the week two days ago <laughs> I listened to the album, I had sent you guys a message saying like, yeah, they should probably just change the name of the greatest hits album too. Hey, remember when they were good? <laughs> remember when they were worth a damn? Yeah, Petrus Fars remembers. I, 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 but I feel like uh, like the the decision to do this as well under wraps as they kept it, I think it's going to kind of be a shot in the foot for them. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, they do have some pretty like loyal fans and the fact of the matter is, is that remember these album sales are also counted for streaming so people who who like it's on Spotify people probably listen to it two or three times on Spotify already mm. you know over the course of the weekend that's true um, but I also think that if we're going to talk about physical sales I think that there'll be a little bit more coming to play next week Probably, yeah. Because people, I mean, people to... probably were planning on, on what they were going to buy this week anyway. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I always plan ahead. You plan ahead. Yeah. I mean, people who saw that didn't see that coming. Were like, oh, well, I don't have thirteen ninety nine to spend on yeah. this shit. And also, the the worldwide event happened pretty late in the day, so some people may not even seen it until sometime. Well, well the, fa- the fact of the matter is, is that I think I saw the news of it on Wednesday night. I think, or it was like the rumor that it was going to happen. That the album was going to come out on the 28th. I saw that like late Wednesday night. And then, of course, it was official on the 27th, which was Thursday night when they performed. Uh-huh. So, I, I I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll have to see the we'll next We'll have to weeks. see what happens, yeah. 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 So anyway, let's go on to the uh, Billboard Top 200. All right, Billboard Top 200. There's a new number one here. It's a new album from Kings of Leon. Sorry. What, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Right? And, dude, the Suicide Squad soundtrack. Up, up, up to number three. From number five. What was that? Mediocre. Oh. <laughs> All right. But now let's go on to some actual stuff that we might actually care about. Um, Green Day Revolution Road, which was number one last week, is at number ten. Miles. <laughs> yes. I like Green Day. I don't know why I played that, but... That is perfect, though. It's and it's long, still going. It's a long-ass clip. I didn't realize it was that long. Oh, here we go. Debuted at number 31 is Dissociation, the new album from the Dillinger Escape Plan. That's pretty sweet. Yes, it is. 
However, I did glance through this whole list uh, earlier today, and there is a lot of disappointment. Oh, no. All right, well, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Getaway, their newest album is down from 20 to 42. There's a lot of new releases here by bands and artists that I don't even fucking know. So we're just going to keep on moving here. And it's not looking good. I don't have the Jeopardy theme on here. I need that on here, too. You do need that. Uh, apparently, Phil Collins has a new album out called The Singles, which is probably the greatest hits. Uh, but that debuts at number 64. <laughs> so, quick, quick thing before you go on with that. Go ahead. Uh, just before this started, uh, I went on Facebook, and you know there's a, that whole, uh, I don't want to say time hop, but like share your memories thing on yeah, Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, last year, former co-worker of ours from uh, from the Caldwell days, last year he posted up a thing that uh, was a petition to, to keep Phil Collins from being retired. <laughs> like, no, keep Phil Collins retired. And and then obviously now he just released a new album. So yeah. he, post, he posted it up again this week saying it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I know who that is too. Yeah, that's funny. That's fantastic. Well, continuing on with probably uh, well with greatest hits here is that there's a new the essential Bob Dylan um, released this week. I guess. <laughs> Uh, they, it debuts at number 76 if, if he's going to release best of he should just release full on box sets at this point because it's there's like 40 albums seriously Ugh. anyway Bruce Springsteen's album is uh, uh, at 85 from 49 Metallica's Black Album is at number 90 from 88 still there though still there Disturbed Immortalized is up again uh, to 105 from 108. Yeah. Mediocre. <laughs> Actually, I know that Disturbed did this song. So that's okay. Did they really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. I'm, I'm fairly certain they did. Yeah. All right, well, Queen's Greatest Hits 1, 2, and 3 is at 114. Excellent. Journey's Greatest Hits is at 115. Okay. Garth Brooks, The Ultimate. No. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Maybe find another clip. <laughs> the Beatles one is at one twenty three, a climb from one eighty. Wow. Legend, Legend, the best of Bob Marley is down to one twenty four. Van Morrison, keep me singing is at one twenty eight from fifty eight last week. Beastie Boys on the charts from at one twenty nine, not being on the charts at all last week. Licensed to ill. Oh sweet. All right. Okay, Machine Gun, the Fillmore East first show is um. Jimi Hendrix record. It's at 131 after not being on the charts at all last week. Guns N' Roses Greatest Hits is at 135. Dear Jerry, celebrating the music of Jerry Garcia is a new record that came out this week. It, uh, or last week. It debuts at 140. Just keep releasing live albums. You're, you're fine. I don't know if this is releasing live. This might be a, like a, a tribute I'm album. Just saying, oh, okay. It's a tribute album. That's, yeah. that's different. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Thriller is at 142. You know, that guy who can dance. Yeah, listen, shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right, the new one from Red Fang, Only Ghost, debuts at 143. Nice, very which nice. Is pretty good because I was not expecting to hit the top 200 at all. Yep. The Black Parade by Mike Chemical Romance is at 145. The latest one from Alter Bridge is at 146, down from 8 last week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that, that just clicked. <laughs> International Super Hits by Green Days at 150. Creedence Clearwater Revival's uh, Greatest Hits at 155. Lots of Eminem this week. 
Bob Weir from the Grateful Dead has an album out called Blue Mountain. Uh, it's at 161. It was at 118 last week. Mm-hmm. You let me down with your silence. Blink 18. I gotta find a right clip for this one. Hang on. I don't even think I have an angry enough clip for this. Anyway, ACDC back in blacks at 179 after not being on the charts last week. Greatest Hits by Chili Peppers at 187. Nirvana Nevermind is at 190. The Essential Billy Joel is at 193. Mushuga, The Violent Sleep of Reasons at 194. Down from number 17 last week. And that really just closes it out for us. That's kind of a rough week. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm not happy. Well, hopefully we'll see some testament up on the on there and some crowbar up there. Yeah, we better. Fingers crossed. We better. Well, if they're not on there, they'll be on this one, which is the hard rock charts. I'm, right? really, I'm really hoping to see the album from... Fuck you. Atlanta Falcons. Because <laughs> <laughs> their album's going to be awesome. Anyway. Hard rock albums. Number one is Dissociation by the Dillinger Escape Plan. Woot. Number two is the, the Fillmore East show from Jimi Hendrix. Number three is Only Ghost by Red Fang. Number four, The Last Hero by Alter Bridge. Number five, The Violent Sleep of Reason by Meshuggah. Number six is Unleashed by Skillet. Number seven is Mothership by Dance Gavin Dance. Number eight is Disturbed Immortalized. Number nine is Long Live the Rebels by a band called Disciple. Number ten is Sorceress by Opeth. Number eleven is Gotcho Six from Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, yeah! Fantastic. Number 12 is Bad Vibrations by A Day to Remember. Number 13 is Pope Star EP by Ghost. Number 14 is Transit Blues by The Devil Wears Prada. And closing out the top 15 is Arctic Thunder by Dark Throne. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. That was, that was most unexpected. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Okay. All right, so up next we got a top 10 list from the guys over on the New York side. Take it away. <laughs> Patrice and Joe here hanging out. Uh, we're doing a top 10 list on the top 10 uh, Halloween metal songs. They could be anything that is fun to listen to on Halloween. Songs about Halloween itself uh, get higher ranking, Stuff I think. Stuff that just, you know, gets you in the mood for Halloween. Indeed. Yes. So, uh, Reese, you have some criteria set for us? Yes. We have one specific rule for this one, this list, and that is it. Okay. No cover songs. All right. So, no Marilyn Manson doing Sweet Dreams. Nope. No Power Glove doing uh, This is Halloween. Nope. No Celine Dion playing Cannibal Corpse? No. no. That's a thing. Continue. It, if it's not, it should be. <laughs> but you know what? No kidnap the Santa Claus. Uh, all right, so we're going to start off the list after we bring up one big honorable mention here, because we couldn't fit really one space for this. It would be a top ten list in and of itself. Iced Earth's horror show album needs to be mentioned with this. So Top draw. It's uh, pro- probably my favorite Iced Earth album. Uh, it's the same style as all the other Iced Earth albums, but all the songs are related to Halloween. You got songs like Dracula and Frankenstein. Uh, Wolf is one of my favorites. Phantom Opera Ghost yeah, which is we great. Yeah, the other time, and it was still amazing to listen to. All right, we're getting to the list right now. Number 10, Rob Zombie, Living Dead Girl. Yes. I only put it at the bottom of the list because I feel like everybody was expecting Rob Zombie to make the list oh, yeah, at some definitely. point. But I love Rob Zombie still. It's one of the only, like... 
uh, new metal type things that I still listen to on a regular basis. He's still good live. He's so good live. Still. I saw him it's a couple insane. years ago, and it wasn't bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was right after he had put out uh, Hellbilly Deluxe 2, so it wasn't the best set. No, no but it was it awesome, though. John 5, have you seen him? With John yeah, 5, yeah, John 5 is great. Awesome. I saw him at Mayhem in 2010. I thought they did better than Corn. I thought Corn was good, but they had no there was no personality. No, it was just him playing it. But, that, it. but Rob Zombie, I feel like, stole the show. Yeah, like he always does. Good. You know what's also great about this song? What? Great to watch women strip too. Well, it it does have Sherry Moon Zombie stripping in the video, but yes. also as a <laughs> horror nerd, you you appreciate the fact that not only it starts off with that, which was the background music in the Last House on the Left trailer, but yeah, Rob Zombie is clearly a bigger horror nerd than we will ever be. I love strippers, which is great. You know what? Great American. God bless him. But him being at number ten means that there were some songs like that didn't make the list that might surprise a lot of people. Like I didn't have any Black Sabbath on here. Wow. And it not even like the first album, first song. No, no, the the title track because I wanted to feature Ozzy for a later one. Okay. And. For uh, and it, it kills me and pains me to say this, but I had to knock Devin Townsend off the list. Yes, no vampire. <laughs> Reese is less you than lose. <laughs> Reese is less than sympathetic to my plight. Hell's no. <laughs> Hell's to the no, man. Number nine, Power Wolf. We drink your blood. Oh, <laughs> uh, such still a great song to listen to all the time. It's probably the most recent one on the list, and it's the the most like creepy and disturbing like that we've gotten. Uh, from a recent album from these guys, because their whole sound is very gothic, very disturbing. Very operatic, very almost Catholic-sounding music. Yeah, like with, almost like... Especially with all the organ playing. Yeah, but the the thing about We Drink Your Blood is that it's very, very like deliberate and slow. Yeah. And especially, you know, that that small beginning from the keyboards. Just yeah. That, do, 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 it's great do. bathroom material. <laughs> it, it, it really I mean, when I go to the bathroom or get ready for the day, I have that thing. You blasting. listen to We Drink Your Blood? I do in the shower, on the on the toilet, brush my teeth, floss my teeth, all of it. You should probably see somebody about that because that's not who's healthy. who's this person I again? Tried. You know, they'll let anyone a, in these buildings these he's, days. He's a co-worker. They'll let anyone here. At this point, uh. that's all I'm addressing him as. He's a co-worker. Just a co-worker. <laughs> Not even in my department. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Candlemas. Bewitched. Oh, okay. Going old school with this That's one. It's a ringer. Candlemas. It is kind of a ringer. A ringer. Yeah, I like I, that. I'm, a, I'm a big Messiah Marcolin fan. Though. I haven't listened to them in a while, but yeah. very good stuff. All of their stuff. Every time you hear Messiah sing, it's just creepy as hell. And the whole song is just, you know, about like witchcraft and magic mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And, you know, I was tempted to put Mirror Mirror on here, but I feel like. Uh, Every time I think of Mirror Mirror, I just picture Blind Guardian. I was going to say, I'm thinking Blind Guardian. (laughs) (laughs) So it kind of distracts you from this. So you mean Blind Guardian, not Candlemas? Of course, yes. When I'm talking about the song Bewitched by Candlemas. It means Blind Guardian. Right. Mirror Mirror means Blind Guardian. I don't know where this show got off the rails, but I think it had something to do with when Joe jumped in. Yo, definitely. Yeah. Number seven, Alice Cooper. Welcome to my nightmare. Solid. There are better Alice Cooper songs, there are uh, more. Halloweeny Alice Cooper songs. <laughs> Feed My Frankenstein comes oh, to mind. Definitely, yeah. But I think Welcome to My Nightmare is just so creepy. That's Halloween essence right there, Pretty man. much, like, yeah. You can't get it, more Halloween than that. It just, just how, you know, the creep factor of it just makes it Halloween. I still think Welcome to My Nightmare is his best album. And uh, not Welcome to My Nightmare with the number two. No. It, it, I'm not going to say that I hated that. You know, he, he probably could have left Kesha out of it. You can say it. it. We're not going to tell him. No, I would tell him. Well, anything with Kesha on it, Pat tends to, you know, blow yeah. up. Gets very upset What baby it. wants, baby gets. And <laughs> no. But it does have The Last Man on Earth. 
Yeah, is one of the songs, yes. which is really, really fun, catchy song. He was great live. I mean, he always is. It's just like it's just like I said, like like a hot big Halloween party. He is Hall- Halloween personified. Oh, definitely. So you know, you gotta include Alice Cooper on this list. Number six, Judas Priest. Nightcrawler. Night <laughs> okay. Beware the beast in black. <laughs> Nightcrawler. Definitely the most like tense Judas Priest song. It's definitely one of my favorite Judas Priest songs. Absolutely. Of all time. Well, it's off of the greatest Judas Priest album, which is Painkiller. Yep. Oh, and yes. uh, it's uh, it was right up there. I was contemplating putting the Ripper on, but oh. I think. Nightcrawler is more fun to listen to. It's heavier, too. It's also longer. Yes. Like, Ripper is over in, like, two and a half, three minutes. This one, it really, like, it hammers into it, and it doesn't stop for, like, five or six minutes. It's a great song. So. No, it's also, it's a, it's not really Halloween-y, but it's still kind of creepy. What? Uh, Nostradamus. Prophecy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's the one that I put in the background of the Dead Zone video. Yeah. <laughs> I am Nostradamus. Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's... That's definitely got the creep factor. But here's the thing. Aside from that one section of that one song, what else can you remember from the Nostradamus album? War. (laughs) I remember War. You remember War. Okay, you remember one more song than I did. The cover was funny, and live he looked like a post-apocalyptic Neo, like an older (laughs) Neo, if you look at any of his live footage. You know what? All right, I'll, I'll accept that. Thank you. Moving on. Number five, Ozzy Osbourne and Motorhead. Hellraiser. Yes. Yes. (laughs) This was the tipping point for me because both Motorhead and Ozzy have done this song. Oh, hell yeah, man. And, uh, you know, it's very hard to narrow down one Ozzy song. It's why this list will probably be repeated at some point in the future. Just Ozzy songs. (laughs) And it's just Ozzy, yeah. Yeah, because there's so many you can think of with Ozzy. Mr. Crowley. Yes. uh, You know, the whole set, Diary of a Man, man, that whole second album. Just the title track alone. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a Halloween album. And, uh, you know, even later tracks that are just so disturbing like mm-hmm. mr tinker train yeah. and you know i like facing hell stuff like that but yeah. you know what uh i love hellraiser and it's obviously from hellraiser 3 yeah and motorhead's version is just as good so i think we're good there we yeah are. i think we are all right then short sweet to the point moving on number four needs a musical introduction <sighs> here we go Van Canto. Number four, Iron Maiden with Fear of the Dark. One of the best Maiden songs. My favorite Maiden song. Oh, definitely my number one and number two Maiden song. How is it both? Why not? One's the live version uh, and one's, one's from the Rock album and Rio version. and one's exactly. from Fear of the Dark. Okay. <laughs> That's got to be cheating. Man. No, no that, it's that, not. That song epitomizes like Halloween creepy. It crawling. does. Even the whole intro. Like the yeah. whole intro going into the kick of the song. Yeah. I feel like all of their like very lengthy songs about like creepy like yeah. atmospheric stuff number of the beast comes mm-hmm. to mind hallowed be thy name yes. uh later songs like dance of death yes um but fear of the dark i think is the best fear of the dark just just says halloween it does about it. it really does yeah. the whole album fear of the dark is amazing dude from front to back yeah. like th- there's not one bad song like whenever the I quicker just, be dead from here to eternity mm-hmm. chains of misery afraid to shoot strangers when i first bought that cd i went to three cds yeah, just replaying it nonstop. There you go. Well, Fear the Dark, the song though, awesome. Boom. Number three, King Diamond with Halloween. Halloween. Oh, respect. All of his songs are Halloween songs, and it was it pained me not to put a Merciful Fate song on this list. I would have put Evil, like absolutely. Sad face. I know, right? 
But you know what? Uh, King Diamond, seeing King Diamond play Halloween mm-hmm. a year ago really solidified this because <laughs> oh my god it's so good and it's so it, it, when you think halloween you think of face paint and you think of you know the a creepy guy in a top hat maybe yeah. so you think of king people. diamond you think of king diamond that's who so yeah <laughs> so wait a minute your idea uh, is face paint and a creepy top hat that's so it's not the baba duke i was gonna say are you thinking of dan recently no but you know what <laughs> The night is young. <laughs> Dan could pull that off. Yeah, he could. How is he not? The more that I think about that. Dan, you've got all the tools to make the King Diamond cosplay happen. Please do this like sooner do rather than later. <laughs> Paint over the mustache. It worked for Cesar Romero. Number two, type O negative. Black number one. Black, 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 black. Most depressing number song ever, but yeah, it's great. Oh, no. Uh, it's great. <laughs> He, they have more depressing oh, I know. songs. Oh, there's extremely more Sorry, depressing one than of that. their depressing yeah, songs. Yes. Trying to go through typo negative and picking out the most depressing is probably the most depressing hab- hobby you could find. We need a goth girl in here to decide. You know what? Where's, get... where's Holly? Is she around? No. Uh, I don't even know if she likes typo negative. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, the uh, the whole song Black Number One is about Halloween, basically describing like the gothiest goth girl on the planet. Yeah. Uh, black number one is, of course, the name of the hair dye. And I did not know that. There you go. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, me being bald, I never have to worry about you hair dye. You never have to worry anyway. about hair dye? So... <laughs> All right. So typo negative, obviously, coming in very close. But there can be only one number one. And I think you know what it is. Oh, I know exactly what it is. Halloween with Halloween. <laughs> it is a 13-minute epic off of Keeper of the Seven Keys. And it is the greatest. <laughs> it really well, is. It's Halloween. It's such a good song from start to finish. It doesn't feel like it takes 13 I minutes. I keep forgetting it's 13 it's so good. minutes because, long. It's so because good. you enjoy the whole thing. Yeah. And it's really good. So that's, the, that's a sign of good songwriting in and of itself. But also, all lyrics are about just enjoying the season of Halloween. Exactly. The atmosphere, the... the you know, trick-or-treating, like, all the cool stuff. Not putting up Christmas decorations at a store or anything. You really got to let that go, man. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. No, it go, it's bro. annoying. I can't stand I it. I know it's annoying. That's why we're talking about Halloween. This past year, I did develop uh, a big affection for another song off of Keeper of the Seven Keys, which is Dr. Steen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think you can't beat Halloween. No, without oh, a doubt. Yeah. So uh, It's in the freaking name. Absolutely. So that's the list right now for the top 10 Halloween metal songs. Of course, this list is up for debate. And of course, this will not be the only time we'll be making a list like this because there's so many. Because you know what? This is just our opinion on top 10 of what we think is yes. the greatest Halloween songs. And yours and might metal. not be wrong. There you go. You guys, you guys got requests for us for any future lists, anything you wanted to add instead. Please hit us up. Facebook.com slash The Shred Shack. But right now, we're going to turn it back to the guys in Texas. Happy Halloween, guys. All right, when do we start talking about Thanksgiving? Yeah, seriously. Give it a week, man. I'm hungry. All right, so let's go on to our social media highlight. Um, you want all of us to cover this one. Uh, you know, Pete being not here. And um, me. Um, I don't have a clip for myself. Um. <laughs> Douchebag. Wow, that guy's a douche. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't uh, cover this one. I almost bought the album, though. So you're going to start telling me about this band, and uh, you're going to tell me why I should have bought that damn album. 
All right. Well, first, I'm going to do an update. Um, previous social media highlight, Apotheca is in the market for a new drummer. If you are an experienced metal drummer and ready to write and record a new full-length album and you know do the subsequent touring and you are in the Houston area, please reach out to them at facebook.com slash Apotheca Rocks. That means you, Portnoy. I can play that. <laughs> yes. All right, but upon a burning body... Uh, they are a local metal band here from San Antonio, and this is a band that you mentioned when you first came down here yes. that we wanted to check out. This I, I still have my list of local San Antonio or local Texas within three hours um, groups, and this is one of the ones that we uh, we have on there that we've been slowly going through that list for the last year. Yeah, um, and they have a new album out called Straight from the Barrio, which came out this past Friday. Uh, I got a chance to listen to it. It was streaming, I think it was through um, the the PRP. I don't know this one of the new sites I go to. Uh, but they definitely uh, have their heritage and background in this um, in music. And they, they mix in a lot of Spanish into their songs. So they kind of remind me, I don't know if you ever listened to a band called Puya. I, I know of the name. All right, well, I listened to the band Puya like a long time ago. I have one record from them. And... These guys are a little bit heavier than that, and they don't have the horns section that Puya does. Mm -hmm. So these guys are just straight up metal, and I actually really enjoyed it. I don't know if Pete might not necessarily like it because it has a, a little bit of a, a Five Finger Death Punch vibe to it, uh, as far as some of the groove and some of the uh, kind of like the lyrical content in it. Um, but again, I liked it. Definitely something I would like to listen to with my headphones on while I got some weights in my hand for sure. I love to see these guys live because this from the video that I saw for one of their songs. I forgot which one it was, but it looks like they have a lot of fun live, a lot of high energy stuff. I know they played a couple of the festivals around here. I think they played at the River Rock, uh, River City Rock Fest this uh, this past year. Um, so it's definitely something I want to check out live. But if you're interested in just checking out the band as a whole, you can check them out on Facebook.com slash Upon a Burning Body. Uh, Twitter at UABB. And Instagram at Upon a Burning Body Official. So I may have to look into that album and uh, send a track uh, Pat and Reese's way to play on the show. Yeah, that'd be cool. just got to look awesome on radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's it for our social media highlights segment. Uh, let's go on to our discussion, um, which I'm going to let you take the lead because I actually did not look into this. I'm going to be flying blind. I'm here. going to be flying blind too because I didn't go through the list as myself. And so what I did is I was just scrolling through Facebook and Loudwire does these you know top 50, top 100 lists and whatnot. Um, and this one that came up was pretty interesting, and it's Loudwire's top 50 hard rock and metal live acts of all time. So I figure what we'll do is we'll just go from 50. On and this week we'll do fifty to twenty-five, and then next week we'll do twenty-five to one. I think it's we'll do fifty to twenty-six, and then whichever. Yeah. All right. All right you so you start us so off. So the first one off here is number fifty is Napalm Death. See again, the problem with these kind of lists is like I never know what's gonna come ahead, but our experience seeing Napalm Death and hopefully our second experience seeing them in a few weeks. Um, 
they put on a great show, even for guys into their you know their forties or so now. They they do have a good amount of energy for such a, a stripped down set that they've got. So yeah. so thumbs up to that one. Yeah, I think that's one of the things they mentioned here is that, um, of course, Barney Greenway uh, is one of metal's most reckless frontmen, seemingly more dangerous than anyone in the pit. His spastic onstage fits between lines and the physical representation of the grind legend's concussive live energy. Napalm's intensity is simply overwhelming, and that's exactly how it should be. Yep. Number 49, typo negative. Uh... We did see Typo Negative pretty late into their career, mm-hmm. and considering what we know of Pete Steele's death, and that some of that may have carried into the show because he did not look with it during our show. Mm. Um, I mean, they they sounded good and everything, but I mean, does it say specifically any sort of um, thing about what they constitute as reasoning for the list? They're talking about energy. They're talking about how they sound. I did not read that part, but the thing is, they described Typo Negative's music was predicated on the pure despair and black humor. On stage, the satirical humor was on full display with Peter Steele's antagonizing stage banter, pitting the crowd against the band they adored so much. With perfectly placed, with perfectly paced set list, I think they meant to play uh, say paced. With perfectly paced set list, Typo Negative were capable of conjuring a plethora of moods. But even in their darkest moments, they let their sly grin show, and this playful energy resonated throughout the audience. You see, that's a professional. You didn't even see what I just did, did you, honey? <laughs> God damn it. It's perfect. Yes, it does. But yeah, no, I can agree with a lot of that, because at the show, he was extremely entertaining. Your mother sucks dick well. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, overall, he did seem pretty out of it. But... Yeah, again, we saw them later on in their career, but, yeah. I mean... Some of the live performers that you see on YouTube, I mean... Fuck you. Your, your watch is talking no, My watch is talking to me. <laughs> anyway. Come to that point. Okay. Next one up, number 48, is Lamb of God. Have oh. you seen these guys live? I've not seen Lamb of God live. Oh, my God. Lamb of God is fucking great live. I actually thought they probably would be a little bit higher on this list, so I can only imagine who's ahead of them. Um, but... They are a fucking freight train. This is also it's a, it's a rock and metal list. Yes, so yes. Gonna be so a we're, lot of we're stuff. probably we're probably gonna see we're probably gonna see Queen up there. Queen, probably, Queen Kiss, Iron Maiden, Iron Kiss, Maiden, you know, is gonna be up there somewhere. Aerosmith probably too. So those those are to come. Yeah. But the fact that they're being mentioned out of the you know thousands and thousands of artists that are out there, for yeah. someone like Lamb of God to be put up there is pretty sweet. So. And the, the main thing they mention here is not just the, the groove of the band, but it's Randy Blythe specifically. Because mm-hmm. he screams like a banshee, and he spends a good deal of his performance airborne. And when he's on the ground, his high-stepping stomp conjured images of the legendary Phil Anselmo during his heyday. <laughs> be, you know, be, 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 before... We're not even going to get into it. Just, just, just move okay. on. Anyway, next one up, number 47, is At the Drive-In. That I can see because I know that they are for their for the sh- the brevity yes brevity of their uh, their career they were known for such high energy yeah to the point where it was likely extremely exhausting pretty much exactly what they said here yeah exactly uh, combining dissonant licks with sudden arresting rhythmic bursts they bottled this sound in the live form through their manic performances. 
acts as a natural Indiana Jones, whipping his mic around with precision and utmost confidence while the rest of the band uh, hop around. Signaling fans to do the same. Yeah, just sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, that is, of course, when the shows actually happen. Well, they don't cancel the show about an hour after everyone shows up. Right. Guys. Next one up, I have actually nothing to say about. Uh, I just know of the band is no effects. I would assume that a lot of punk bands have, you know, just great live shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the punk icon's reputation for self-deprecating humor and dark sarcasm is in display almost as much as the music. And just the picture that they have here, the the bassist, lead guitar, lead vocalist is in a pink dress with a red mohawk. So that's just got to be fun in general. Yeah, sounds fine to me. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing strange here. Here's another one that I would love to have seen live is AFI. Yeah. Again, it's a matter of the whole the whole punk thing. Um, I mean, if you if you're in a band that has more punk influences and your shows are not good, energetic, and, and mostly raw, then you're doing it wrong. And to tell you the truth, it's just that the anthems that these guys have had, mm-hmm. um, the, the just the sing along aspect of it, and just the, the the picture they have here is of uh, the singer uh, Davey Havoc. Doing like one of those, you know, walking across the crowd things while the crowd's holding them up. I mean, that's just fucking fun. Yeah. God damn it. I, I haven't heard much from them in a while. I, you know what's funny? I think they just announced that they're coming out with a new album. Okay, good. Good. Because, so. like, even when uh, Sing the Sorrow came out, I know a lot of folks kind of hit the sellout, button. sellout territory. But you know what? Like, that was a phenomenal record. Yeah, they, they, they were just, I had no. I mean, yes, all the singles had the, the singing on it and whatnot, but the thing is, you listen to the songs in between that, and they were a fucking punk band, period. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they never really strayed too far from, from what made them good in the first place, so. Here's one. Um, New York metal legends here. Suffocation. Uh, I don't know enough about them. Uh, I can only imagine, I mean, because they are, the, the their type of music that they are probably right up there with the bands like Behemoth and Cannibal Corpse, the Deicide, you know, things like that. Cool. Jane's Addiction. I didn't like Jane's Addiction. I I think, yeah. And also, catching them after a significantly better band, yeah, in Audio Slave, um, yeah, I I, I, this is me being biased, honestly, so I can't say much here, but I don't, I don't like Jane's Addiction. No. So. And I thought their set was boring. You know? Even the songs that are on the radio, I don't really like. Yeah. You know, so again, it, and I also find Perry Farrell's voice to be very annoying. Depends on the song. The song, they, the the song he did on um, the South Park Chef Aid album, the Hot Lava song, it works. It's good. Yeah. But you know, when you uh, when you have to hear "Been Caught Stealing," and Jane radio, says, Jane says, I like the, Mountain Song. Coming, yeah, coming down the mountain was was. Better because of the riff, yeah. Than it, anything but, else. but still, yeah. Just this is this is a bias here, but I don't yeah. I don't want them on my list. Well, anyway, the next one up here is something I would love to have seen back in the day, and we're talking about early punk and hardcore. Black fucking flag. Yeah. Henry Rollins up there in his fucking black speedos, just ripping it up. Yep. Fucking nothing better. Yeah, that that I can agree with. I would like to see. Uh, I don't know how common it is now because I think he just does his spoken word stuff but I would have liked to have seen Henry Rollins live in any way yeah even his spoken word stuff I've heard is fantastic so just, just I catch- saw one of his spoken words where it's more like a stand up thing yeah. and this was yeah. like a, over a decade ago yeah he he uh, 
he I remember he he was doing a whole bit about uh, his his uh, his made up feud with uh, Iggy Pop, <laughs> and his whole whole thing is really just a big stand up comedy thing. It's great. So here's another band that's gotta be a just ridiculous live is Ministry. You know, I thought they broke up, but I, I've been seeing videos of them playing recently. No, I, I think Al Jorgensen or what his name is uh, brought, brought, is bringing it back. He because he just did his own thing. Mm. I think they're doing uh, some more. I think they're doing shows at least. Yeah, I don't know about their about. Because um... they just played Houston Open Air, I think. Oh, well, that would do it. Yeah, but I know he did Surgical Meth Machine. But I thought that's before, the one. I thought before that they had they had announced that like you know Ministry is done. But I guess I. Right oh, come on. Is any band ever really done? Uh, Led Zeppelin. But there's always rumors. <laughs> but here's one band that I wish was a little bit higher, and I think they're really sticking with uh, with the Ozzy era here, and it's Black Sabbath at number 40. Yeah, I can't say much here because I've not really seen anything of theirs live in the old days because um, you know I, I can sit here and talk about how much I love Black Sabbath but as far as them being a live act I can't really say either way because I've only caught them live later, much later in their career or I've only heard things you know mid to late career I have nothing to say here so, yeah um, and especially considering the fact that all the stuff that we've seen with Ozzy in later years would be an incredible bias considering the fact that like he's progressively just kind of eh and the other thing is they mentioned here is that it's actually a very stripped down show. It's usually just them, their gear, and playing songs. There's I'm, nothing. There's nothing really high energy about it except for Ozzy doing his thing. And yeah. I'm sure, it, like something like that, like them, them in their peak in the like early to mid '70s in that stripped down show. I'm sure it was fucking magic. Right. But you know. I I really wish there was more video footage of things like that, you know, like like past lives, the DVD kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Next up is a is a Converge. I don't number know thirty nine. I listened to their latest record, which was a couple released a couple years ago, and it, if their live show is anything like that record, yeah, it's probably like a full on workout to to play their fucking shows. <laughs> so it yeah, I can only imagine that's awesome. Number thirty eight is Behemoth and again this is one of the bands I probably thought would have been a little bit higher but then again I think these guys are really focused more on like the visual imagery of themselves and actually playing songs and actually like like a performance like as far as like outside of the music you know what I mean yeah I don't know enough about Behemoth you guys you and Pete go on about them often enough you know, just 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 the whole. Jump that car! Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I can't really say much here. So. Yeah, so I think uh, the thing is, this is one of the bands I would love to see live, and when they were doing the uh, the Satanist tour, I mean, that's just I love to see them perform that record. Yeah. But no San Antonio dates. So... No suckers. So. All right. You I got all the clips. Yeah, today. you do. <laughs> all right. Next up here is uh, number thirty-seven. Is a band that we both seen a couple times. Avenged Sevenfold. Yes, um, they are a great live band. Right up until the last time I saw them, which was about a decade ago, actually. Yeah. Um, I saw them before they started just phoning it in. <laughs> um, and for that time, they were a fantastic live band. 
Uh, I caught them three times, all because of Heather. Because yeah. <laughs> she, she was obsessed with them. Wait, did she, was she with us when we went to Starland? I don't remember. I don't think she was. No, but it was in that t- that time frame. Yeah. Uh, and that show was a, a no-brainer because it was Event Sevenfold CKY. CKY. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they put on a great show. They sound great live. Um, they had a ton of energy. Um, I think these are one of the bands that you that it's better to see in a bigger venue. Hmm. Only because I think that's what their sound is lended, is lends itself to. Yeah. Because they, they, they've turned from, you know, a, like you said, a very hungry uh, metal band into an arena rock band right I, I, up there with like right up there with like Metallica and things like that and I, that's what their sound is kind of geared towards I don't want to even say arena rock but they are they're they're taking they're the current generation's Metallica they are the commercially successful metal band yeah they're, they're going to be polarizing no matter what they do and unfortunately whatever they do is going to be under high scrutiny I mean, I, 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 I've seen since having seen them, you know, three times and, and knowing their show is good. I'm wondering if there's been any sort of decline in that quality in the last ten years. So I'm kind of afraid to see what they what they do now. I'm sure, I'm sure they do some good stuff. And like like Metallica does great stuff still live, yeah. but you're kind of like, oh man, you guys could totally just benefit from, uh, you know, doing it a little differently. But what do I know? Well. The next one up is a band I know that I've seen perform before. I missed them this past week, unfortunately. Ghost. Great fucking band live. Unfucking real. I know two Ghost songs now that I've sat in Pete's car. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some fucking tamales. I got some fucking tamales. Yeah. yeah. That's right. But they definitely deserve a place on this list. Their show is always great. The music is fantastic. It, yeah. Definitely worth it. Speaking of tamales, real quick before you go on, um, buddy of mine posted a picture earlier that says, "I don't want pumpkin spice. I want tamales because <laughs> of the season." Yeah, that's right. That's that's the upside of being down here. Tamales right around now. Be, be shilling them out like Brave New World bucks, buddy. Here it goes. Here comes the money. Number 35 is one that Pete can attest to because he saw them this past May, and that is Scorpions at number oh. 35. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, you are my hero. <laughs> Fucking, I saw the Scorpions once, um, and they pretty much stole the show. Yeah. Because uh, it was Dio, Scorpions, Deep Purple. I had been excited because I thought my first time seeing Dio, great and everything, but Scorpions. Oh, man. <laughs> and the fact that like they, they still do they still rock out because they're fucking like the band formed in 1964 <sighs> like, like... <laughs> dude that's 50 years I know it's ridiculous and they, they've and they been still... around just as long as the goddamn stones but the upside is that they've only retired once true <laughs> unlike oh, know, Kiss here's a band I wish I would have seen number 34 Rush yeah, that was a that that was that was a mistake on our part. We totally missed every opportunity to go see them because they played at Jones Beach a billion times. Yeah, yeah, that was. That and the thing was, is, every time we see like live clips of them on like, um, what's that station at that like some Palladium or just like from their DVDs, 
They look like they're having a lot of fun. It looks like there's a lot of high energy. The drum solo of life. You know, and it's just everything about that band. It seems like it would be amazing to see live. Yes. And I think a lot of times, don't they usually play by themselves? Like, they just kind of, an evening with Rush. I'd possibly. I mean, they for some of their shit, they probably do need, like, three hours to play. Yeah. <laughs> two on one, two. All right. Next one up is a band called Refused. I really don't have much to say about it. I don't. Uh, I, I know, know of them. Yeah. But I don't know them particularly. But seeing that they are pretty high up on the list in the top 50 and they're above bands like Black Sabbath, that means they have to have a pretty good show. I mean, they better be. And they are right below number 32, Man of War. <laughs> You're in the torch zone, baby! If you aren't made of gasoline, metal, or bacon, get the fuck down! <laughs> <laughs> what more can you say? It's like Man of War is the embodiment of just like straight up like cheesy heavy metal like hair in your chest fucking metal and denim and leather and ah. I'm pretty sure that these guys first broke the record for the loudest concert ever and then broke their own record sometime thereafter just look at this picture oh yeah it's yeah. so fucking metal yeah, yeah definitely um there's like the time we saw that billboard in Jersey on the, yes. way, uh, on the way to more like Iron Maiden or something it's like man that looks like a Man of War cover it was just some really bulked out dude it was, wow. I think, I think it was like the side of a gym. Yeah, that was like that was like graffitied up, pretty good. Yeah, ridiculous. Ah <laughs> oh, man, but that, that's a band. I they're going on like their farewell tour too. Yeah, so that's a band we should try and catch wherever they go. I think they're another one that like they don't necessarily have a big stage setup. They are just this like, loud and, and they're just they're, they are a stripped down show. They just happen to be fucking loud as hell. Kind of like and driving and the songs are catchy it, and it's kind of like like the, the like the 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 cheesy less dirty version of Motorhead. Hmm. Motorhead aimed for loudness and just kind of making things. You know, they better fuck. be on this fucking list, that's for sure. Yeah. Anyway, so, the next band up is a band called Fugazi. Uh, I know of them. I know of I them. Don't... They have a legacy. Yeah. I think um, whenever whenever people mention at the drive-in, there was always mention of Fugazi thereafter. Yeah. Um, because of, of of the influence factor. Yeah. So. Ah, number thirty, Ramones. Okay. Punk band, like we talked about, and every time I see them perform live, like in their like their clips from like documentaries and stuff like that, even though they're also a stripped down show, it's all about Joey Ramone's performance. Yeah. So. It's funny. Um, Alamo City Comic Con yesterday, Marky Ramone was there. Nice. He was at the ninety nine five Kiss thing. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't have any. I wasn't going to pay the the forty bucks for an autograph uh, or a picture or whatever. So, sorry, buddy. Here's one that I can agree with. Number twenty nine is the Foo Fighters. I second that motion. Yes. With a vengeance. Uh, I've seen them once, and they put on a fantastic performance. I've seen them a, a handful of times. Uh, um, like we saw them at the Garden. I saw them later on at um, the Izod Center. I saw them at, um, what's it called? The Amsterdam. And I saw them at uh, HF Festival in Baltimore. And every single time, they are, they just fucking steal their sh- the show. They are the best thing out there as far as a live rock band. Mm. And their show gets better every time. I love, like, because it's long. They had that middle acoustic bit that when we saw them, they where they went out in the, in the middle of the crowd and they did like their acoustic bit and everything like that. And just they're just a great rock band, and it's awesome to see them live every single time. 
It's good. It's good. <laughs> Number 28 is Van Halen. Uh, I would imagine, yeah. 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 I would imagine even at this late in the game uh, that they're still an amazing live show. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know about that. Well, I think it's more along the lines of maybe their stage set up now because they've got a picture up here of their one of their most recent tours and it looks like there's a lot of lasers and fun and, okay. and you know, as, as, the as band as, is probably incredible. I would hope so. It's like, as long as as long as it's not uh, David Lee Roth getting on top of a giant inflatable microphone and fucking it, because yeah, well, I saw a video of that one. Yeah, here's one that I think you and I can agree with. Is number twenty seven is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. Uh, yes. Maybe ten years ago. But my but my gripe though, as long as we've been seeing them, my gripe has always been they focus or have focused mostly on later material. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whose decision that was, but we started seeing them back in 2000. Um, yeah. And it, and that was Californication era. Yeah, definitely. And it was pretty much Blood Sugar Sex Magic and Californication, and then, you know, let's let's, let's take a look at the old stuff a little bit. Yeah. And then we saw them um, a few more times in the next two, three years, and it was still the same thing. It sucks because their old material is Phenomenal. Yeah. I remember in college playing World of Warcraft and listening to the Uplift Mofo Party Plan for hours. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> like that album alone can 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 knock you the fuck out. And it just sucks that like, the only song that they'll play from those older albums now is like Fight Like a Brave, uh, Me and My Friends, um, and maybe one other song. Maybe Superstition. Oh, like not Superstition. The, um... Oh my god, what's the song of the cover? Higher Ground. Higher Ground. But, that, even, but even so, that's still Abbey Road just before um, uh, Abbey Road EP. Is that right? And Mother's Milk. Yeah. Yeah, it's around that time. Um, and yeah, it, it just sucks that you kind of miss out on a good f- three, four albums plus worth of music. Um I'm, I'm, I, again, I don't know whose decision that was. I don't know if it's like a, like a hey, it's, John Frusciante's in the band, so let's only cover this kind of stuff. And now he's out. Maybe they cover more. I don't know. No, they probably still stick with the older stuff. Pro- probably. And that's where they. I mean, that's where they made the most impact as far as commercial success. Of course, and that's, and that's what you'd expect from the play. But it just, it just sucks. Yeah. Like you know, the 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 people who go a little bit deeper into the discography. Yeah, I bet if they played a, a song that's a little bit deeper in discography, people in the crowd would probably think they're doing a cover. Yeah, if they came up and they started playing Party on Your Pussy, I'd be happy. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, they know there's kids in the audience. They're not going to do that. Uh, kids can get the fuck out. You got a clip for that? <laughs> I'm trying to think if I have a clip for that. <laughs> All right, next one up, and the one we're going to close out the show with today is number 26, Rage Against the Machine. I can see that. Uh, I mean, I can see that for sure. I mean, the main thing for me, if I was to ever see Rage Against Machine, the mo- thing I'm most interested in is watching Tom Morello make those sounds. Well, we've seen it in Audio Slave to an extent. To an extent, but I don't think he did nearly as much of his guitar intricacy and magic that he did that he, when he was in Rage. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like the videos that I've seen. Um, I got like a video of uh, of their uh, uh, the Ghost of Tom Joad. Not just that one, but the thing is, I think that one had like the single. It came with a single, then it came with a, a whole concert uh, tape too. Okay. And just watching what he does with that guitar to make those sounds is just something phenomenal. Of course, just the, the explosiveness of their music mm-hmm. would be something 
incredible to see. Yeah. I, and I'm sure he's still a sight to see now with Prophets of Rage, which that was another one I almost bought. Which, uh, to tell you the truth, I actually did watch a good portion of uh, a concert they performed that was live streaming on Facebook with Prophets of Rage, uh-huh. and it was actually pretty pretty good. Cool. You know, Be Real and... Um, Chuck D. Chuck D did a pretty good job of trading off Zach De La Roca lines that they can they can cover, and they did a, a damn fine job. Yeah, like I said, I still wanted to buy the EP. Um, I kind of passed it up this time, but I I, I, st- I still haven't heard the original tracks they've recorded, um, so I want to get in on that. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see how Rage Against the Machine would have been a very high up on this list. Yes. So I'm wondering yes. what the next 25 are going to be. But we'll have to go into that next week. Yes, sir. Because I think it is time to end our show. It's yes. over! Time to get shit-faced! <laughs> Let's get pissed and watch porn. <laughs> uh, okay, so let me just see if I can find my clip here. Uh, I don't think I have the Warrior Needs Food Badly clip on here. Why? Well, I'll just fucking say it. I'm, I'm fucking starving. I know, right? And I have 10 pounds worth of chicken in my car right now that I need to eat. Well, I think my, my it's over time to get shit-faced thing is good enough. For now. So, let me pull up the rest of my script and say that thank you for listening in, and be sure to keep up with all things Shred Shack by giving a like to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Shred Shack. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can also follow the podcast on our Mixcloud page, mixcloud.com slash the Shred Shack where we also post the past episodes of the radio show. Speaking of that radio show, you can tune into Pat and Reese every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for two hours of heavy metal music and banter live on MyWCWP out of Brookville, New York. Um, their most recent show went up um, for replay on Mixcloud today. Go check it out. It's our halloween theme one, so all sorts of spooky scary. Oh, is that what the uh, top ten is? Oh, probably. I don't know. Yeah. I shouldn't say that because I, <laughs> I spliced it into er- this episode earlier. <laughs> yes, 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 of yes, course. yes, yes, um, yes. More patent recent exploits can be found on the official Shred Shack YouTube page, youtube.com slash the Shred Shack, where you can now find many of our top three videos, interviews, as well as joint projects and Pat's own album review series. Um, top three of September is set on the new on the Texas side of things. We're just waiting for the New York side of things. That should be up by this coming Friday, the latest. Um, just because I want it out of my hands and so I can move on to top three of October. Uh, you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Templum, for similar content, as well as my video game Let's Play series Recreational Warfare, which boasts new episodes every Thursday right now. Um, and we're going to have episode nine of Lego Lord of the Rings up this Thursday, uh, actually on the other computer behind me is the uh, editing. I'm actually, I've actually expanded my operation here, so I've got computers to edit, like, everything. So I don't have to that's worry right, about it. There's, there's fucking three in here now. Yeah, well, we got, it's over here now. I'm over here now. Um, but actually, because this one's, the one behind me for, that I'm recording Recreational Warfare on is Lindsay's old one, and I can keep that one offline and edit uh. and render everything without affecting this one, which is my main computer. So... I'm, I'm trying to keep things as fluid as possible and, and multitask because I always prefer to keep things going and being done. Um, but yeah, definitely expect that. Um, I saw Pete tonight earlier before the podcast because uh, obviously he's not here right now. Uh, but we talked a little bit more about doing um, doing games for recreational warfare. Mm-hmm. So that may happen in the near future as well. Um, so yeah, 
I've got, I've got, I've got plans. Shit's going down, motherfucker. Right. And for more up to the minute news and updates from yours truly, you can follow my Twitter account at username Novus Redemptor. All right, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at UpTheIron3314 for my adventures in fitness, nerd stuff, and this show. For fitness and nutrition coaching, check out my Facebook page, facebook.com slash UpTheIron3314. And you can always just become my friend on Facebook, where my posts tend to be leading to the next podcast. Specifically, a new a band that I just got acquainted with because of skateboard marketing. Um, you should just check them out. They are fucking incredible. If you're a fan of Elvady and uh, those bands like the the pagan folk metal bands these guys are from Russia and they're fucking incredible did you say the name of the band? Uh, I forgot the name of the band let me go find was it the one you posted up earlier? yes that's Arcona Arcona yes Yes. awesome stuff definitely in the contention for top three in November before the month even starts right on was that it? yeah okay I got a new clip actually for uh, since we don't have the uh, the warrior needs food badly well here we go this is Mr. Torque saying that I'm really hungry. Somebody bring me a sandwich. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Until next time, I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And we are the Slimes. <laughs>